Welcome to NetFront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined once again by our beat reporters for the Post-Dispatch, Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. We're all here in the STL as the uh, Blues are waiting to see if the Colorado Avalanche will show up uh, this week and play. One game already canceled, and uh, we'll find out later on uh, after this recording whether the Avalanche are uh, practicing and whether they intend to show up. I think they will, but uh, in the meantime, uh, first up, guys, you know, the Blues had a must-win game, and they didn't win. <laughs> and he, once again, it was Arizona that caused uh, some heartache. Guys, I mean, Rick Tockett's supposed to be pals, right, with, uh, with the chief, uh, the Chiefs. Very uh, good pals. Yeah, very yeah, good Yeah, he's pals. like a mentor. I mean, yeah. Jim, what the, heck, what, what the heck happens to this team and, and, and Tom as well? I mean, they, they, they come out with a good plan, get off to a good start. Everything's rocking and rolling. Ah, and then the pushback comes and that's that for our heroes. I think they're playing like uh, soft, gentle music during the, the, the first period intermission. They're handing out sedatives to the players that kick in in like 15 minutes because the second periods have just, uh, I mean, it's more profound lately, but it's been an issue all year. And uh, it, it, it just uh, kind of defies uh, description. That game was set up so well for the blues really the last two games if you call it let's let's go back to the colorado game okay you're missing grubauer Vezina trophy candidate this year and you have devin dubnik who's been a pinata for the blues all all, all season and you have an, basically an entire colorado team that jared bender says are, are experiencing uh fatigue after getting their vaccines i don't mean to speak out of school but tom can attest uh with the fatigue side effects uh, at, after getting your first vaccine. So you have a, you have a fatigue team with a goalie who's not very good and you can't seal the deal. That was, you know, okay, granted, it's still Colorado, but they, that was kind of handed to you on a plate. And you said, nah, no, thanks. We'd rather fall behind four to one in the second period. Then you're playing Arizona with uh, Darcy Kemper, who had not played, not only had he not played since March the 8th, he'd only practiced twice. In that entire period, and Tockett says, oh, he does well against the Blues. We'll throw him out here. And, and he looked, to me, he looked very rusty early. The Blues, you know, had him on the ground, and instead of kicking him, they, they helped him off the ice. Ah, we'll, we'll only shoot uh, 11 times at you in the uh, second and third period. That'll, that'll make you feel better. So that two, two very disturbing losses for, for those reasons. A few, a few times we've heard from these guys, you know, after the first period went so well, maybe we thought the second period would be easy. And that's always one of those things. Why would you think the second period is going to be easy? You have seen this entire season. You, you've you been handed the script. You know how this plays out. But it's like, well, we thought we were in control and this was, no, no, it doesn't work that way. It has never worked that way. <clears throat> so, um, and, you know, they, you know, the team's going to come out, you know, any team is going to come out in the second period and, and make adjustments and come out harder. And their blues are like, didn't see that one coming. So they got to, I mean, it's, it's baffling how a team can continue to do that game after game after game and not come out in the second period running around, you know, out of control. Just, you know, bring some aggressiveness, bring some energy, and they can't do it. Minus 17, minus 17 a goal differential in the second period, which at last check was the fourth worst in the league. And, and the stand on Bennington's pretty uh, alarming, too. He's, he's given up more goals in the second period than he's given up in the first and third combined. So I, I, I don't know. 
you know, and it's, you get to a point where it, it, as a coach, there's just nothing more you can do. And if you look at what the chief has done this year, I mean, he's, he's tried the battle drills. He's done the up-tempo practice. He's, he's given them rest. He's, he's shuffled the lineup, uh, shuffled the line, shuffled the combinations. He's, he's, he's scratch guys. He's called guys out. He's, you know, he's lessened roles. He's increased roles. He has, and he's an intense man. He has, I can't think, you know, and as far as X's and O's, I mean, they're, I think they're trying everything. These guys know how to coach. Obviously Craig's won a Stanley cup here. It just, I don't know what more he can do at some point, the players, either they, they, they get it together, JT or, or, or they don't. I, can you guys, can you guys think of anything more that, that, that the chief can do with this group at this point? No, no. I mean, he, and he's, he's called names. He's called them fragile, weak-minded. Uh, before we're like, Whoa. Uh, and uh, uh, he even had, uh, uh, you know, kind of vestiges of the old uh, bag skating at the, at the, uh, the last practice. I mean, they're, they're running uh, sprints or gassers, whatever, whatever the hockey term is for it back and forth. And I, I don't know about you, Tom, I hadn't seen that since what, maybe training, training camp. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, that was, that was new. Yeah. And so uh, you're, you're, he, he's trying everything but a cattle prod to, to, <laughs> to get these guys uh, going. So uh, uh, I, there's only two conclusions to me, either one, Maybe they're just not good enough or two. Maybe they don't want it bad enough. You know, I mean, we saw the blues uh, for all the, the issues in the Edmonton bubble. They, they just, they just didn't seem that excited uh, about, uh, about playing in the Edmonton bubble. And these circumstances aren't as dire or draconian as, as uh, uh, the Edmonton bubble, but still they, they're basically rink home, and, 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 and then back to rink, even on the road, they can't really, uh, they can't really hang out the, the league rules. I don't know. Maybe they're just not that excited about, uh, about playing because we all know this is a system that requires a work rate, uh, you know, in, in terms of the, the checking game and the hounding pucks and the, the cycling and the grinding. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying these guys are loafing, not, not in the same bit. And there are a lot of guys that really care, but you just wonder as a group, are they, are they all in? Well, and you look at like who's not scoring. You look at you know Braden Shen, who's you know, you know hasn't scored in in forever, and it's and you can't say he doesn't work hard, and you know you can't say he's not a good player. I mean, we saw it earlier this year, but something has happened, and he's his game has gone off, you know, a, a cliff, and you know Schwartz hasn't produced anything. Tarasenko with you know he come back off an injury. You thought it would be slow. Um, but so it's like, it's like good guy. It's not as though this is a team that is fielding a line of Dakota Joshua and Jacob Della Rose. I mean, they're putting out good players there who have been good and who you have every reason to believe will be good, but right now aren't good. Yeah. And, and the one thing I wrote about again today was it's, you know, hockey is a strange game in the sense that, I mean, all games have emotion, you know, even baseball, there's momentum in baseball where we're hitting, it can be contagious and failure can be contagious. Um, you know, it's really uh, football is an emotional game. You can certainly see when teams have it and, and they just feel it and they're executing, they're mowing down they're they're playing downhill basketball. You can definitely see it when there's a vibe and the team is, they know shots are going in they're, They know that the, they're, they're going to succeed. You know, it, the blues need don't have that. And it, it's something that typically you have to build over time. It has to build organically when you, 
you don't have a superstar that can just go out there and put up six points like a Nathan McKinnon and tell everybody else to get on his back and let's go. So the group has to do it. And it just sort of either it happens or it doesn't. And we saw a couple of years ago, it happened. It took a long time to get in, to get it started. But once it did, it built, it built, it built, and just kept building until they won a cup. They just can't find that traction point where the building starts and continues. They talk about it, JT, and they want to do it. And they come out trying to play well, but they, they just can't get to that next, that next, that next, that would finally start building traction. Yeah, that's a great point. And uh, if you haven't read Jeff's column, uh, uh, you should, uh, uh, very, uh, very good analysis from someone who I've said this before, he's seen more hockey in this town than anyone who's still actively working in the, uh, media. Yeah. The blues and you, you touched on it earlier, Jeff, they, they don't have a superstar, but they're a collection of really good players and that's been their key, but it's not happening for the really good players. Uh, uh, they, they, uh, the Blues won 11 straight, a franchise record in the Stanley Cup run that catapulted them. They won eight straight uh, last year, and that that really catapulted the the, the Blues uh, a year ago to where you know maybe we forget they 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 had the best record in the Western Conference when play was paused, and the, and the second best record in the uh, entire NHL this year. Four games. That's it. One, two, three, four. That's that's the most momentum they've been able to get. I hearken back and I thank again the Post Dispatch and Lee Enterprises for making the commitment to send Tom and I on the road. We, we've been at every game. We're the only media that, that's been out there. That morning skate in Minnesota after sweeping the wild 3 2, the vibe, the energy, the, the laughter, the hearing the voices. They were loose, relaxed. They, it seemed like they couldn't wait to play Minnesota that night. This was the trade deadline. And, uh, uh, the game is canceled because of the, the unrest in, in the Twin Cities. And it, it looked like, okay, this is a team about to get some momentum and that momentum is fleeting. It, it, it never made it back to St. Louis uh, uh, for, from the Twin Cities. You know, I was looking yesterday at some numbers on these guys. And if you look at their expected goal differences, what they're generating, what they're allowing the opponents to generate, and – um, you know, they're, they are largely still, you know, underwater on that where they are, you know, it's not as though they are losing a lot of games that they should have won. They are losing games they should be losing. Um, you know, if you look back in the Stanley Cup year, even at a point where they were losing games, there were games in which they were outplaying the opponents where they were creating more chances. Their expected goal differences were positive. Now, while they are tracking up, uh, the trend is up, they are still in most cases, uh, negative uh, in that department in most games. So they're just not, they're not producing enough. They are not uh, denying enough. And that's the line here on this team. And it's, it's, it's getting closer to where it could be flipped, but uh, they've got to do the things and they're, com they're coming out of a hole uh, on this. So just not creating the goals, not getting that happening. And then you know, there have been in a case where they're just always allowing one more goal than they score. And that means you lose. Well, if there's any good news, it's that the, uh, our heroes uh, do play in the West division. And uh, so as you, as post-dispatch readers know uh, today, again, um, that path is, is still there. The, uh, the coyotes responded to their big must win by immediately uh, losing again. Uh, the Sharks have lost six games in a row. Um, they are a disgrace. 
that team with the talent they have. I mean, the salaries that they have on that team, that team's a fiasco. So, and then, and then you have Colorado, which has been on another COVID shutdown. And now you have Miko Rantanen uh, shelved along with uh, Grubauer, along with Donskoy. So if the Blues do get to play them, they're likely to be, uh, they will be shorthanded for the next couple of games anyway. So, you know, JT, there's every opportunity in the world. In a normal year, this scene would be over. Uh, Doug would have made some moves at the trade deadline to, um, to, to bank some future assets, and we'd already be looking ahead to next season. You get past, you know, focusing on the expansion draft and such. I mean, it's, I mean, it's quite possible the Blues could just back into the, the playoffs with three games in hand, the Coyotes, and they're not any good. The problem with the Coyotes is they're just not very good. Oh, yeah, well, uh, except except when they play the, uh, the Blues. Yeah, I, think, I, I think the numbers like uh, – from the coyote side in the ledger, I think they're like, I want to say 11, five and two over the last uh, four seasons against the blues. How is that possible? I mean, I mean, no, not to pick on anybody. If you, but you look at Connor Garland, you're not thinking, my God, we have to face Connor Garland tonight. Look at that. He's a monster. How are we ever going to, this is like Lindros on steroids. This is like yeah. McKinnon with a jetpack. How in the Here world comes- can we ever contend, contend, contain with the, the Connor Garland, for God's sake? <laughs> Here comes Nick Schmolf. Like, look out, look out. These guys are small, and, and Connor's case got a suspicious-looking mustache. I mean, it's just – Jim, what – how is this – it's 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 just blue fans are sitting there in horror watching this unfold. I mean, but having said all that, the opportunity is there because I'm not sure the Coyotes are going to win more than a couple more games. Yeah, yeah, for 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 sure, Jeff. Yeah, it, it is it is astounding. And and uh, uh, before the Blues, we think will play Thursday. Uh, they 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 if they play that game, they they will enter that game with four games in hand because Arizona plays Minnesota uh, again today, and uh, the Blues are are still only one point out. Which you know, in theory, all things being equal, they have to win one of those three games in hand. And they take the lead. It is as if everybody's looking and now actually Vegas isn't first, but uh, Colorado has a couple games in hand. It's like they're looking at the number one spot and say, oh, it's hopeless to open against Colorado. Why, why should we finish uh, fourth? And, and, and maybe it is hopeless, whoever finishes fourth, to, uh, to think that, uh, you know, to, 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 to think that they'll do anything in the playoffs. But, you, you know, I, I, I think if you're the blues organization, you don't want to miss the playoffs. Stanley cup, notwithstanding, you don't want to miss the playoffs uh, two times in four years. It's just, it's just not good for the culture uh, that you, you have there. So, and, and I think we all know there, there are plenty of, especially recently uh, examples of teams that either backed into the playoffs or, or didn't have very good records and that, that have done very well in the playoffs. I mean, heck the, the blues were third in the division the year they won the uh, cup. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, you know what? I'm kind of keeping an eye on L.A. as well, only because of the fact that they beat Anaheim last night. They're four games back. They played as many games. And so most of these teams now, as Tom pointed out in his article today, most of the, the Blues, only Vancouver, COVID-wrecked uh, uh, Vancouver, has played fewer games now in the league. Remember way back when the, the Blues had had made up all those games and had played Arizona a million times and, and were ahead of the curve. Now they've got games to make up. Any LA has played the same amount of games. They're only four points back. And here's the bonus. They still have four games left with uh, Anaheim. So uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. 
Yeah, the, the Kings are, if there's a dark horse in this division, the, the Kings have the schedule uh, to do it, though they all, they, they've, got, they've got some makeups with Colorado, they got to get in, so it won't be easy. But if there's anyone that has a schedule that favors them, it's, it's the Kings. Yeah, the Blues basically have to win one more game than the Coyotes over the rest of the season. Uh, and if they do that, if the Coyotes win three, the Blues have to win four. And, you know, that, that seems doable. Uh, and, but it is. It's amazing how this division has played out. Where we thought, we thought there would be three teams. We thought it would be Vegas, Colorado, and the Blues. And then, you know, maybe Minnesota for fourth or the Kings for fourth. And it's turned out to be, you know, Minnesota is in that higher group and the Blues are in the, uh, the morass down there with everybody else and uh, fighting it out and, um, and not really, almost like fighting to stay out because no, one, no team there has really <laughs> asserted themselves, yes, I want to be in the playoffs. It just hasn't happened yet. All right, so we'll do a, a good news and a bad news on a couple of players here. Um, I guess the good news, we'll start with uh, favorite of the net front and also the chief, Sammy Blay. Uh, has gotten a chance to play up. And while he has taken some penalties that uh, were regrettable, um, you know, not just unlucky, but he's, he's got to be a little more careful out there. Nonetheless, if you're looking for uh, anything positive uh, with the group, it's the fact that uh, Sammy, who's had a, an up and down career with the injuries and the consistent inconsistency, seems to have found his way into playing with some pretty good players and adding an element that's useful and then in theory, anyways, adding depth to the lineup, because if he can play up there, that spreads more talent through the lineup. So if we're looking at something positive, I guess, uh, JT would be that, uh, that Sammy has uh, for a, for a little bit here anyways, uh, taken a step forward. Yeah, he sure has. And uh, of course, playing with O'Reilly and Perron is, is probably going to improve anybody, but still he has, and he's had so much happen with him this year, you know, suspended for two games, uh, uh, injured for several games. Uh, upper body injury and then uh, uh, misses a game because uh, a false positive uh, on, on the COVID test. And, and then you have, uh, he's, he's one of the guys that uh, uh, Baruby called out, says he's he not playing with enough passion and, and uh, uh, emotion. Uh, but Sammy's a guy who I think the injuries more than anything have held him back. You know, he, the most regular season games is like 40 uh, last season. And, you, you watch some of the, the skill he has, uh, you know, not a fast skater, but skill he has moving the puck, passing, even uh, creative with, with some of his shots. And, you know, he got a sixth goal the other night. That's his career high. Uh, I, I think he's a 15-goal scorer in this league. Maybe in a good year uh, could reach 20, but he just – it's always been injuries or, or something. Heck, let's even go back to the beginning of the season. Remember, he began camp. All of a sudden, he's on the fifth line. We show up in camp, and Kairos moved ahead of him. So, yeah, it is good to see him going. Hopefully, he can uh, he can stay healthy, and, and we'll see what he's capable over uh, maybe a more prolonged stretch here of play. Yeah, I think of the various guys that they have tried lately in that spot alongside O'Reilly and Perron. Uh, they probably have gotten the, the better results out of having Sammy Blay there uh, than they've had with some other guys that have been in that position. Um, you know, he's, he's, it's brought out the best in him. And I think it's helped along O'Reilly and Perron, even though they're, they haven't, O'Reilly uh, hasn't been on the board in the past two games after having a, a good run there. But I, I think it's, it's, it's taken that line to a good place. Okay. So now we've got to jump to something negative and, uh, you know, JT, Tom, you guys were always uh, cautioning fans to, um, 
you know, expect the least really with 91's return because it's, he hadn't played a lot of hockey. He's coming back from another so, a shoulder operation, which very difficult to come back from. Um, regaining timing, regaining aggression, regaining your game, uh, staying healthy. All these things are a huge challenge. And, and uh, you know, sure enough, it's, uh, you know, boy, it's, it's the non-production line with Ian Shen and, and Schwartz has just been killing the group. And, and again, the chief, while not being nasty, um, at least for the record, uh, kind of, you know, gave, gave uh, 91 a call out there saying, hey, guy, you know, time to get engaged. You know, he's, uh, you know, watching and waiting instead of initiating. And uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if, uh, if Vladimir Tarasenko can uh, respond to the prod. Yeah, yeah, uh, 19 games now for him and uh, three goals, which is, you know, like a 12, 13 goal pace. And uh, I think the problem for the Blues is they obviously partly because of his salary and partly because of his deep resume, they have to play him. They can't just can't say, well, you're, you know, you're, you're not right. Let's just give you a fresh start next season. I, I agree with Tom and I've said this a few times on the net front. I mean, he just may not be the same Tarasenko this season. I mean, he, he played four games in a year and a half and I, it's just hard to, to, that's a lot of rust to knock off and, and hard to get. And, and then when you combine that with what you said, his, his tendency to just kind of float out there. I, I think that was an apt description by Barubi. He just kind of hangs out by the, in the, in the circle while Schwartz and, 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 and Shan are back there digging for pucks and running into people and kind of, kind of waits for the, for the puck. Well, that that's, that's not how it works in the Barubi system. And I, I said this on an earlier net front at times, uh, and now Cairo and Hoffman are on the same line, but at times they had a guy like that on the, on their, each of their top three lines. Cause Cairo has that scores mentality. He kind of floats out there at times. Hoffman kind of floats out there at times when, when they're all doing that, it's, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a good thing. No. And, you know, talking about having to play uh, Tarasenko, you, you have to play him also because if he's got to get through this, if he's going to have any kind of season next season, uh, he's got it because you can't say, yeah, shut him down. So he's going, you know, 24 months with having barely played any game. So he's got to do this to, to get ready to go if he's going to have any kind of season uh, next season. So it's tough. And, um, you know, he's, he's got to score and that's, you know, even he's got to score at even a minimal level. I mean, th three goals, if he gets, you know, six over the last 13 games that that would be spectacular uh for this team because they need that offense because that that line has just become an anchor and so they need to they need to be able to break loose and do something no there's an adage with uh, with goal scorers that uh, they're really the great ones know how to get to that quiet area to the ice where the the puck will magically come and give them a, a scoring opportunity and, and that's all fine and good but because that's certainly how you score some goals. But on this, again, this is a, the Chiefs team. There are no superstars on this team. Everybody's got to take the shovel out there and everybody's got to work too. Yeah. And when it's your time to jump to the quiet area, because you're the other guys are doing the job. And at that particular moment, great, but you've got to have your share where you're setting up the, you're doing the digging and, and, and JT, it just doesn't, you know, as Mike Hoffman found out, you know, he's, he's very good at getting to the quiet area. And for him, it's going to be quite a distance from the net because he's got a good shot. But uh, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs not 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 really excited about quiet area of the ice right now. He wants them to get to the dirty area of the ice. Yeah, no doubt. And you know, the the Blues were 
14, eight and two without Tarasenko this year. And really without all the injured players now starting with when Tarasenko came back and that began this wave of all these players coming back. And we, we should note Thomas is close to coming back. McKechnie is ready to come off IR. So it's the entire roster now minus the two Swedes, uh, Sundquist and, uh, and, and Gunnarsson who are out, out for the season. And the Blues played better without Tarasenko last year. Remember the last 61 games, uh, I, the Blues had their highest scoring team since 94-95. Is it inconsistent? Are, are they just better without Tarasenko now? I mean, it, it, it just, uh, it, it, it's just strange. I mean, even uh, Doug Armstrong, he did that uh, Zoom call in early March when the Blues were in Anaheim, and he kind of foreshadowed. He said, hey, he's not just going to walk right in here, and, and, and it's going to be like happy days are, are, are here again. He's got to regain the chemistry. There's a lot of players here that are new that he's never played with uh, before or barely played with. So I, I don't know. It, 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 it's a very puzzling situation with, with, with Vladdy. <laughs> it simply is. I mean, that's, there's no way around it that it's uh, and they've, they've put him with, you know, changing centers and changing situations, but he's, he's, you know, on the power play, he's there and he's still on the, what I guess passes for the first unit nowadays. And it's just not, it's just not coming. And um, yeah, I mean, that's. Wait a minute. I thought Jordan said we, we are coming, that it is coming. It's not coming. <laughs> They're coming very, very, very slowly. They are. <laughs> it, 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 At a tortoise-like pace or what? Yeah, it's, uh, and it, will they get there before May the 15th or whatever it is? I, I, I don't know, but uh I guess the, the plane ticket has been purchased, but they're still on the route to the airport or something. It's a it's a long it's a long trip here. Traffic's bad, and yeah, <laughs> traffic is bad for these. I mean, it's funny that that uh, uh, Ruby talked about. You know, Shen's got to get his nose dirty. Tarasenko's got to get his nose dirty. Pretty soon, you may have the entire team congregating in front of the goal. There may be five guys within about an arm's length of each other. No one there to take a shot from outside, but they're, everyone's going to be going to the front of the net. That's where you'll find everybody. Yeah, I'm afraid uh, Shen may run the goalie in this game because he's so eager to, to score a goal. He just may just skate right on through like Jeff Cortnall. Um, hey, uh, one other positive note, because we don't want to leave people on a bummer note here. Uh, Tyler Bozak's played real well, and that has inspired the chief to give him uh, more responsibility uh, in the, uh, in the, on the scoring line. You know, he came back uh, initially was uh, getting some fourth line work, but obviously he's getting more important work. Now he's just a real handy guy, wins some draws, makes other guys better, just seems to play the game the right way. And, uh, and, you know, and, and another topic as you look to next year, if he's willing to play for less, he and his family seem settled here and happy here. He has been a guy that you would put down the ledger to say, "Hey, let's move forward with this guy," because it's. Uh, I think he's in a, on a team that doesn't have too many bright spots right now. Tyler's uh, showing some value. Yeah, he sure has. And at the as the season started, and, and looking at the situation with Bozak and some of the other players, my thought was, "Hey, yeah, thanks, Tyler. We boy, we appreciate the service, but uh, uh, th thank you very much. Uh, here's your here's your parting." Uh, uh, parting uh, gift, but uh, you know, watching him come back from this injury while a lot of other players have have uh, struggled, he's he's kind of a he's kind of a stabilizer kind of player. He you know he's about you know not quite a half a point a game guy, but he's so good at faceoffs. He's been on a faceoff tear lately. So good uh, defensively, 
the PK, although it's kind of dropped off the last game or two, he, he, he's kind of helped stabilize the PK because he's one of the core players there. What, what would, what would you think would, would work? Would you, is 3 million enough? Is it too much? Uh, and he's, he's going to be, he's 35 now. So I, do you just go a one-year deal? But yeah, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I think maybe they should at least talk to him about, uh, about bringing him back. I think it's like, it's a Bowmeister like situation. There's not going to be a lot of, you know, people knocking on the door for him. You know, if the blues make him a, you know, I, I don't even, you know, 2 million might be, uh, sufficient. I mean, I think at that point with the money he's made and with not having to move the family and just stay in one place, you know, at, at that price, I, I think he's better than a whole lot of alternatives uh, that they have. And he is just consistent. And, uh, but yeah, I don't know that you're going to go more than one year at a time uh, with him now, but I would think that, yeah, there, he would have ample reason to want to stay and the blues at the, you know, and what they, you know, and they've done this, like getting Gunnarsson to stay and saying, look, you know, here's some money and, you know, it's not a lot, but you know what, we like you and be around here. Yeah. And maybe he doesn't want to coach his kids teams full-time. Maybe he's still got a little bit in those legs. He's again, he's certainly playing well and having he and O'Reilly as, as guys that can be counter that balance each other in the faceoff circle is helpful too. So see, we found a positive note to end on in the midst, Tyler in the midst of Positive thing. That's that's what the season is. Yeah. yeah, we just you know had to kind of dig a little bit, but uh, but there you go. So, well, we'll see what happens uh, at this recording. Uh, we still anticipate the Colorado Avalanche coming to town, but we'll, we'll see what happens with them and, and the rest of it. We'll be back next week to see where our heroes are. There'll probably be still a game out uh, at that point, but uh, <laughs> until then, uh, for the uh, ever exasperated crew here at the net front, JT. Yes. And- Um, I'm Jeff. Until we meet again, see ya!